podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Monday after Liverpool defeated Watford 2-0 before Liverpool play Benfica in the Champions League. At the weekend, a comfortable win in many ways, but not necessarily the best performance that you'll see from a Liverpool side this year. But it didn't necessarily have to be. Liverpool went one up on 22 minutes. Diogo Jota with a great header off a great Joe Gomez cross. And Fabinho wrapped it up on 89 minutes with a penalty after one of the more bizarre challenges you'll ever see in the penalty area. Uh, Kuchka, who'd had a bit of a stinker of a game, really, uh, decided that he should rugby tackle Diogo Jota in the, in the penalty box off a set piece. And the referee, after VAR intervened, rightly awarded a penalty. Our friend, our comrade, Roy Hodgson, had himself a good old cry after the game, but... In truth, it was a blatant penalty and nothing else needs to be said. Watford didn't really offer a whole lot. They had a couple of moments where they looked dangerous, but their two biggest chances in the game both came from offside situations, which would have been called back and ruled out had either of them ended up in the back of the net. The more notable chance, of course, was the one just before Liverpool scored their first goal. Great break by by Watford, to be fair. João Pedro leaving Jordan Henderson standing still and running away from him, slipping the ball through. Good opportunity for them, but good save by Alisson. As I say, it would have been called back had he scored because he was offside when João Pedro released the pass. But Liverpool went right down the other end of the pitch, built their play up, ball got swung wide to Joe Gomez, and it's a great cross and a great header. The penalty, like I say, definite penalty, no arguments there. And Fabinho steps up and uses a technique that I think is now known as the Virgil van Dijk, where you just absolutely blather it into the top left corner. As you look at it, the top right corner from the keeper's perspective, absolutely brilliant penalty. And Fabinho, from when he came on, he didn't start in the game, obviously, from when he came on, was very, very good, offered a level of control that had been missing at times as Thiago seemed to be playing in midfield by himself with both Jordan Henderson and Curtis Jones turning in yet more poor performances from them. The Reds did line up with Alisson, Joe, Joel, Virgil, Andy Robertson, Curtis Jones, Henderson and Thiago, Salah, Firmino and Jota up front. Jota didn't have a great game but scored a goal and won a penalty so he obviously contributed massively. Bobby had a decent game Salah had a really poor game. Salah was even worse than the two midfielders. Probably one of the worst performances he's had for Liverpool. 
I thought, to his credit, Kamara, the left-back for Watford, dealt really well. What Mo was able to deal with him in terms of speed, quite a strong player as well, so was able to get in close. Mo still had his involvements, and he was involved in the build-up for our first goal, but he did struggle, and he seemed to get frustrated. He was withdrawn on 67 for Sadio Mane. Liverpool went top after winning this game and stayed top for a couple of hours before City beat Burnley 2-0 to reclaim top spot. But the table still is what it was. Liverpool are second. They are only a point behind Manchester City. There is a five-goal advantage for the Reds. They've scored seven more, conceded only two less now have the second best defensive record in the Premier League after Chelsea shipped four against Brentford at home, which is, you know, a little bit embarrassing for them. But eight games left, and obviously we know what comes next. Next weekend, Liverpool take on Manchester City at the Etihad. In a game that doesn't necessarily decide the Premier League title, if we win it, it's not over. If we lose, it could be over. If we draw, it just goes on. I've said before, I think they have a harder run in than we do. Our next league games after City are United at home and Everton at home. That should be two wins. Then we go to Newcastle. Their form has fallen apart. They got walloped by Spurs at the weekend. They lost to a dreadful Everton team before that. Then we get Tottenham at home. Tottenham are much improved under Conte, but again, we should beat them. We go to Southampton, they're hit or miss. You don't know what you'll get from them. And then we play Wolves at home on the final day. We can always rely on Connor Cody to put through his own net at Anfield. So that's our run-in. And while it is difficult, there's plenty of reason to be optimistic that even with a draw against City, we can turn around and win our last seven. We also have to play Aston Villa at some point, but there's no chance that Stevie is going to steal the title from us. They're also fairly dreadful. Uh, Whereas you look at this City team, after they play us, they have to go to Wolves. That's difficult. They've got Brighton at home. They've got Watford at home. They've got to go to Leeds. They should win that game, but it'll be difficult enough. They get City at home. They have to go to West Ham. That's going to be a really really daunting game for them because they're going to have to win that one if we're right on their heels. And then they get Villa on the final day. And that might just be a little bit of extra motivation for Gerard and Coutinho to uh, produce a little bit of magic. City have dropped points in games you wouldn't expect them to drop points in. Palace twice, Southampton twice. So you never know. Anything can happen. We'll wait and we'll see. They're not as formidable as they were a few years ago. They're still a very good team. And obviously they deserve respect, but... Even a draw next weekend doesn't guarantee them the title. I think they have a tougher run in than we do, with Wolves away and West Ham away being more difficult, I think, than any game we face. Our away games are Villa, we should beat them. Southampton, we should beat them. Newcastle, we should beat them. Our more challenging games are at home in front of a packed Anfield. That favours us, in my view. So we'll wait and we'll see. Let's move around the main Liverpool sites. 
Nabi Keita is back in full squad training, despite claims from the London Evening Standard that he was a major doubt to face Benfica. Uh, it seems like he was just left out of the squad at the weekend as precaution. I would imagine if he's fit, he will start against Benfica with Thiago rested ahead of City on Sunday. Mo Salah's slump gives Liverpool big decision to make for defining week. There's no decision to make. Mo Salah must start because he is one of the best players in the world. And a slump is just that. It is a slump. He will come out of it. Uh, great news for Liverpool's women's team. They sealed promotion back to the top flight with a 4-2 win at the weekend over Bristol City. Uh, Missy Bo Kearns with the fourth and final goal to confirm Liverpool's promotion with three games left. So massive congratulations to them. That is absolutely well-deserved. They have been outstanding this season. Dirk Kout warns Liverpool of typical Portuguese approach from Benfica. I do hope he's not suggesting that they'll dive a lot. We've played a few Portuguese teams and it's always difficult because they want one thing and that's to win. It doesn't matter for them how they win, and most of the time it's pretty intense and pretty defensive. Well, that's not been the case when we've played Portuguese teams, and I would say with respect to Dirk, it's more relevant how Liverpool have played in recent years against Portuguese teams than during the time that he was at the club. Ralph Ranić says United need two to three windows to catch Liverpool. Uh, I would say they need a lot more than that, personally. I would say they need a lot more than that. Liverpool's NFT launch flops with only 5% sold in a week. 9,000 out of a possible seven, as 171,000 sold in a miserable first week. Um, good, I suppose. I, 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 again, I have no real idea what nfts are or what the purpose of them are i know what they mean but don't really understand the whole concept of it uh liverpool were projected to raise more than 8.5 million through sales and um obviously won't be raising that type of money at all but as i said to everybody when they're getting their knickers in a twist you don't have to buy them and it seems like people didn't buy them so you know no harm no foul everything's fine on to Liverpool.com. Liverpool handed extra Champions League advantage as Benfica cannot counter Jurgen Klopp plan. Liverpool are hard to stop at the best of times, but one classic method for halting Jurgen Klopp won't be available to Benfica in the Champions League. What is this now? The most common tactic is one of disruption. Mo Salah knows about it all too well. Oh, this is because they have, I think, seven players who are carrying a yellow card into this game. So any one of them would mean, picking up a second yellow would mean they would miss the second leg. So they can't just tactically foul and things like that. That's fair. That's, that's a good point. Well said. Liverpool target hopes 50 million offer accepted as Jurgen Klopp pushes for Barcelona 
transfer. This is the Media Digest, a uh, bit about Liverpool's women's team being crowned champions. A uh, little bit here about Kylian Mbappe and Liverpool potentially having some interest in Usman Dembele. Liverpool leading the chase for Gleison Bremer of Torino. I don't think they do. I think that's just nonsense. It And it's from Tuto Juve, so it's from Juventus outlet. I believe Inter Milan are very much the favourites to get him. He has massively improved in the last 18 months. He has gone from being Dejan Lovren to an actually good central defender. Now, whether or not that's just a run of form or not remains to be seen, but let's let him go to Inter and figure that out. Uh, Nkunku hopes for transfer discount. RB Leipzig forward Christopher Nkunku is reportedly hoping that an offer of 50 million would be enough to convince his side to let him leave this summer, even though his price tag has been set at 63 million. That price tag was set by the media. It wasn't set by anybody from Leipzig. Nobody from Leipzig has publicly come out and said that's what it will cost. That's just what the media have reported. Uh, ESPN have reported that the likes of Liverpool, Bayern Munich, PSG, Manchester United, Arsenal, Real Madrid and Manchester City are looking to sign him. He has been ridiculously good this season. Absolutely ridiculous this season. And if I could sign one player this summer, it probably would be him. It probably would be him over all others because I think a front line of him in the middle of Salah Diaz with Jota and Firmino as the fifth and the fourth and fifth forwards, and then the likes of Minamino, Kate Gordon in behind that, that's really, really strong. Uh, for the season, Nkunku has 27 goals and 17 assists between the Bundesliga, the Champions League, the Pokal and the Europa League. 27 and 17 in 40 games. 3,266 minutes. That is absolutely outstanding. It would be very easy to see him being a target. So if Sadio leaves, there's the fellow to replace him. Without question, that's the fellow to replace him. Might cost a little bit on top of Sadio, but for his age, and Kunku is, I believe, 24. Yeah, 24. Turned 24 in November. He is perfect for what Liverpool need, especially since Sadio started playing that, that false nine role. And Kunku into that role is just the perfect fit. He is, if you look on football reference at the players most similar to Sadio Mane and the players most similar to Bobby Firmino, he is right in the top echelons of both lists. He is a perfect hybrid of both of them. And um, that would be the ideal player to add. What else do we have here? Liverpool might be set to solve their first summer transfer dilemma as Jurgen Klopp drops transfer hints. Liverpool defender Joe Gomez has a decision to make in the summer. Manager Jurgen Klopp doesn't seem to be in much doubt about what the answer should be. So, look, Joe is is fantastic and he is an outstanding centre-back. He's the best fourth centre-back anyone has in world football. But the question is whether or not he's happy to sit on the bench at Liverpool moving forward. He's already had four seasons where he's lost almost the entire year through injuries and with this season just the fact that there's so many other good players his contract is up in 2024 
if he asks to leave, he should be sold. If he doesn't want to leave, if he's happy to re-sign a new contract, then absolutely keep him by all means. There's no, no issue there. But if he wants to go play for England, play in the World Cup, it won't happen while he's at Liverpool. Not while he's so far down the pecking order. It's unfortunate, but it just is what it is. FSG can replace 21 million Liverpool duo with transfer of 18 goal star from Jurgen Klopp's former club. FSG, Liverpool may say farewell to two attacking fringe players and FSG could replace them with an exciting forward from Jurgen Klopp's former clubs. This is basically, Divock is leaving, we know that, and it's assuming Tacky could go as well, which, again, is possible. Um, Jonathan Burkhart of Mines. That's an interesting shout, one that I hadn't considered before. Um, he's a decent player. I don't know if he's... I don't know if he's ready to come to a club like Liverpool, but certainly he's very, very talented. Uh, 12 goals, 14 assists, sorry, 12 goals and four assists in 2,270 minutes this year. Nine and three in the Bundesliga alone. Can play all across the front three. Does like to play that central role. I doubt he's someone we'd go for, but he's certainly worth consideration. That's, that's absolutely the case. Uh, Liverpool have, oh, we have a bunch of articles here on anfieldindex.com. Let me just open these up and see what's going on. So there is one by Sam Maguire. Should Liverpool be interested in Ishmael Assar? Another by Sam Maguire. Should Liverpool be interested in Yuri Tielemans? Another by Sam Maguire. Should Liverpool be interested in Emmanuel Dennis? And then we have, should Liverpool move for Karim Adeyemi? So Maguire is ramping up the uh, the transfer speculation articles. Good to see. Give those a read when you get a chance. There's a piece here entitled A Crucial Week Ahead, written by Stephen Smith. So do check that one out. Podcast-wise, there was post-match Raw, Trev, Jim and Harry on the Watford game. There was the Nina Kauser show with Nina, Lisa Marie, and Kalen. And there is the latest Anfield Index podcast, which had Trev, Cam, and Lisa Marie. There's also a new Mulby on the spot. Lots of downy for your listening pleasure. And that is it. That is me for today, folks. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. 
Sports Social Podcast Network.